It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There are a number of bodies for BYU at wide receiver, including a top three that looks very talented. Does BYU have an actual alpha at the position, and do they have the required depth that is going to be needed in the Big 12 Conference? We're examining all of that with Cody Epps on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are, this podcast is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you to all of you for your support of this venture. It's a ton of fun to interact with you guys on a daily basis. Whether you're watching this on YouTube, listening to one of the regular podcast feeds, reaching out via social media, thank you to all of you for your support. Of course, it means the world that you guys take time out of your day to check it out. All right, diving right in on today's show, getting back into our position group preview slash primers, whatever you want to term it. Today, we're going to talk about BYU's wide receiving core. And thing about this uh, wide receiving position for BYU is on paper, it looks fairly deep. There are a number of bodies on this roster that BYU has put out, and they go from, I think, as a very clear top three of returning uh top talents for BYU. Of course, I'm speaking of the trio of Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, and Cody Epps, who I think are going to be BYU's leading three receivers this year, barring one of them getting injured or the like. Now, the other question is, are the two transfers that have now come in via the transfer portal, speaking of Darius Lasseter as well as Keelan Marion, how will they slot in? Are they going to be part of the rotation right away? Will they start for BYU? That's another question to be asked about this position group. And then beyond that, do they have a 6th, 7th, 8th guy that they can count on if and when injuries will take their toll this season, no matter if they're season-ending or a week-to-week deal, there are going to be injuries that BYU is going to have to absorb and obviously deal with. Do they have the guys there to solve all of that? So let's start off with what I think is the top question for BYU's wide receiving core is who is going to be the quote-unquote alpha of this group? Who is going to be the guy that BYU is going to target? As I mentioned, I think there is a very clear top three for BYU of returning starters in uh, Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill, and Cody Epps. Now, a number of you out there probably are going to think that Cody Epps is the guy who you expect to be the number one wide receiver, number one option for BYU. I'm actually going in a different ra- a different direction, and that is I think that Keanu Hill has been overlooked so many times in his BYU career. He is no longer supposed to be uh, overlooked, I think. I think this is a guy who is poised to really break out and make the wide receiver position at BYU his own. He has got all the talent. He has got body size. Uh, that I think that any of these other wide receivers on BYU's roster would love to have at six foot four, 215 pounds. You cannot teach that. He's got the bloodlines. His father, Lloyd Hill, was an All-American at Texas Tech. Obviously, BYU will be taking on Tech in October, and that'll be the homecoming game for BYU. And he's already said, we talked to him during spring, well, he said, he told his dad, you can't come to that game and wear Texas Tech gear. But uh, the fun part about this is this is a kid 
who in all these conversations just continually gets overlooked, and he was BYU's leading receiver last year in many categories. That's the thing about this with Keanu Hill. I think this is going to be the year he really establishes himself as the quote-unquote guy for BYU at wide receiver. Now, that's not to say that Cody Epps and Chase Roberts aren't capable of contributing. Epps is a fantastic slot-type wide receiver, 5'11", 187 pounds. You'll hear from him here in just a moment. I had a great chance to catch up with him at uh, Big 12 Media Days. And then Chase Roberts, a similar body size to Keanu Hill, but plays a little bit differently at six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. You can't teach what these guys have skills wise, but I think that Keanu Hill is kind of the overlooked key cog in all of this for BYU. And now, when I say being the alpha, being the guy for BYU, I'm not saying that Keanu Hill is going to go out notch fifteen hundred yards like uh, Austin Collie, and everybody else is going to be picking up scraps on the side. That's not what I'm expecting. I'm just expecting, in my mind, that Keanu Hill has got all the ability if he is required. Like I say, it's, it's, a, it's a critical down and distance. You need a third and six, and you know you're going to be throwing the ball. Keaton Slovis drops back. He's looking for his guy. Who's he look to? I think some of you might think he looks to Cody Epps, and he probably will, but I, I'm telling you, Keanu Hill has proven time and time again that he can be a difference maker for BYU wide receiver. Now, the other thing that he has over the other two is that Keanu Hill has been on the field far more in his BYU career than Cody Epps and Chase Roberts. Both of them have dealt with injuries, uh, three season-ending injuries in three straight years for Cody Epps. There's no other way around describing that. Chase Roberts had hip issues that have resolved before he finally saw the field, and even then, last season, he had some other injuries that precluded him from playing in all the games. Keanu Hill, the best ability is availability, and that's what Keanu Hill offers. Now, those top three, I think, will be BYU's main guys when it comes to the passing game. But they do have two transfers that have come in. Darius Lasseter, who will wear the number 5 for BYU, and Keelan Marion, who's going to wear the number 17. Both of them have had their moments in their college careers to this point. Darius Lasseter had a fantastic bowl game for Eastern Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Can he channel more of that and making that the more consistent version of himself with BYU? We'll have to wait and see. Keelan Marion has dealt with so many quarterbacks throwing the ball at UConn. It's actually a miracle he's had any type of production in many ways. He's just had so many people uh, at quarterback for UConn during his time there, but he has proven that no matter who's been slinging him the rock, he's been able to be productive with it. He's obviously dealt with injuries in his own right uh, during his career, but I think both of them factor in immediately as rotation pieces for BYU. I think those five players I've already listed probably are going to be your top five guys for BYU, barring one of them getting injured. But five wide receivers is not enough. BYU knows Knows this. They've tried to get that quote unquote quality depth into their football program, and that's something that's going to be very critical for them this year. That's where guys like a Parker Kingston come into the mix. Now, the, uh, the guys I've already mentioned, we have uh, Cody Epps at 5'11", Keanu Hill and Chase Roberts at 6'4", Lasseter at 6'3", and Keelan Marion at 6'0". So, you got some good size at wide receiver, but Ke- Cody Epps is kind of the the one outlier being under six feet tall for BYU and playing that slot position. That's where I think a guy like Parker Kingston comes into the mix. A six foot, 180 pounds. I have it on very good authority that in pads, he was BYU's fastest player on the football field during spring camp. Should not come as any surprise considering this kid, when he was at Roy High School, was in the 100 meter finals his senior year in the Utah High School track and field championships. This is a kid who can absolutely fly. The nice part is Parker was having a very, very good spring camp before breaking his hand 
He is fully healed, and he should be available uh, day one of training camp. And I think he factors in probably at the number six spot right away for BYU. So in theory, you have, I think, six very, very good options at wide receiver for BYU. But that does not even include the likes of like a Hobbs Nyberg, a Devin Downing, a Dom Henry, who was the breakout star of spring camp, Cade Moore, there are Talmadge Gunther. Jeez, I look at this list. Koa Eldridge. They have all been able to show what they're capable of doing during spring camp. But training camp and actual game reps that will be coming up this season are going to be critical for these guys to establish themselves in the pecking order. They obviously need to go out and show what they're capable of and earn their coaches' trust during training camp. And then if they're given opportunities in-game, don't muff it. Don't screw it up because that might be your one and only chance to impress a guy like Fessy Satake. Fessy Satake is BYU's wide receivers coach is very exacting. He wants guys doing things the right way. BYU's wide receiver production over the last few years has seen an uptick and a lot of it goes to, I think, the coaching of a guy like uh, Fessy Satake. He is a perfectionist when it comes to making sure his wide receivers know exactly what they're needing to do how to do it, and obviously expecting them to go out and perform to the level of their capability. So I like the names on this list. I really do. I think top to bottom, you've got a nice core of wide receivers. You also bring in some freshmen who I think have a lot of promise down the road. JoJo Phillips was a very celebrated recruit for BYU coming in. He's six foot five. He's the tallest of all the wide receivers on BYU's roster. 6'5", 190 pounds. Former basketball player at Sierra Canyon High School. Uh, rubbing shoulders with the likes of Bronny, LeBron James Jr., down there at Sierra Canyon. Uh, he has got all the ability, it looks like, uh, just looking at his high school tape of being a future star for BYU. He's going to be joined by Kevin Doe, a walk-on from East High School, who I think has uh, shown some nice things during his high school days, as well as Jake Hill, a return missionary, uh, coming back off of a, church, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And similar to Parker Kingston, Jake Hill is an absolute speedster, but has more size than a guy like Kingston at six foot three, 190 pounds. Hill uh, was a native of St. George, Utah, and a prepped at Snow Canyon High School. So I think you have a very, very established kind of different tiers of wide receivers for BYU. I think you've got an established, what I would consider to be at least a top five, if not a top six, which I expect, in my mind, to be the main rotation for BYU. Then I think you have what you call your your middle class, where it's a mixture of guys who are young, guys who've been in the program for a year or two on scholarship, or are veteran uh, walk-ons. I'm thinking of guys like Hobbs Nyberg in particular in that mix, a Cade Moore who has stuck around the program for so long here. Other guys that are in, in that mix would include Dom Henry, like I said, who is a spring camp superstar. Uh, we'll see if he can translate that to training camp and games this fall. And then I think you have the incoming freshmen, who I think you'll probably be looking at them making an impact maybe on special teams, uh, getting some time later on in the year without burning their red shirts, playing in those four games they can be allotted while keeping that red shirt intact. So... I, I, I'm re- very intrigued with the wide receiver position. I, like I said, I want to see one of these guys uh, move out and really establish themselves as the lead guy like Apuka Nakua was a year ago or guys like Chase, uh, not Chase Roberts, uh, Cody Hoffman back in the back in his heyday, Austin Colley. The, the greatest wide receivers in BYU history, margin hooks, on down the list, you can think back. They were guys who were able to establish themselves as the guy and went out and produced 
like that as well. My money's on Keanu Hill coming uh, seemingly, quote-unquote, out of nowhere uh, for some of you, I think, to do that. But don't, don't be surprised if Cody Epps has that opportunity. Chase Roberts has got the ability to do that. Or maybe one of these transfers. And both Darius Lasser and Keelan Marion really just seize the opportunity by the horns and really establish themselves. They do need to find a go-to guy at this position. And my money's on Keanu Hill right now. Could I be wrong about that? Absolutely. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But I've got my money on Keanu Hill. I'd love to see who you guys would would project. Do you think it's Cody Epps? Do you think one of these transfers has the ability? Do you think one of the other guys on this roster at wide receiver have the chops to come out and really make a strong impression? Could Dom Henry, uh, all that stuff we saw during spring ball with him showing out and making these big catches seemingly every time we were out there as a media core, does that actually translatable to the football field? If that, if that is, he could find himself supplanting somebody potentially in the pecking order, maybe making that rotation seven or eight guys deep. That's the thing about this is I, I think there's a nice rotation cast available for BYU and a particular guy like Keaton Slovis to throw the rock to, but you need to have that guy or maybe one or two guys that when it's a critical down distance, like I said, a third and six, you got to convert, you're down three, you're trying to get yourself in field goal range. You guys get the scenarios I'm kind of describing here. You need to have one or two of those guys that you know, hey, this is the route I need you to run. I need you to get it to the six. I need you to get, get me a first down. And even if it's great covers, they still find a way to get themselves an opening where you can fire it in there if you're Keaton Slovis and convert and move the chains. You need to have some of those guys establish themselves. And uh, we'll see. It, it's going to be a very, very fun uh, training camp with these wide receivers because I think there's a lot of talent top to bottom in this group. Uh, the question for me will be, okay, I think I have what in my mind is six guys who I think are the established rotation going into training camp, in my mind, can somebody else or some people else, I, I'm going to try to say that correctly, some other bodies, I guess I should say, can they go out and make a big enough impression that they force their way into the conversation for that rotation? And uh, we all know that iron sharp, sharpens iron. It's the old adage that's used all the time by coaches in football. Well, this is going to be a wide receiving core that is absolutely going to be tried and tested, and they all will have to establish themselves in that pecking order, that, that depth chart, very early on in training camp, and obviously prove it out on the field against Sam Houston State and on down the list as BYU begins play in the Big 12 Conference. All right, coming up here in just a minute, you're going to hear from Cody Apps. Had a great conversation with him at Big 12 Media Day. Uh, enjoyed really getting to know a little bit more about what he's been doing this offseason to establish himself, keep himself more healthy this year. As I mentioned, he has suffered three straight season-ending injuries. Can he avoid that for a fourth year in a row? We'll get to that conversation coming up here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Every day, these new uh, every these days, every new potential hire, excuse me, can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quiet, the right people for your team faster and for free. And the most important part about this, my friends, is you can access millions of candidates via LinkedIn. That's the best part about this. You can post a free job posting with our friends at LinkedIn Jobs and do it very quickly. All you got to do is uh, fill out that posting, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the best candidates available to you with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately go on and hire. It's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality uh, hires versus leading competitors. And you can get started today by going to LinkedIn jobs to help you find that qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post that job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we continue our look at all these different positions for BYU. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to flip back over to the defense. We're going to look at BYU's linebacking core. Now, this is a linebacking core that I think has got some stars that are on that side of the football who can make big plays in-game. Can they be consistent? Can they stay healthy? And can one high-profile impact transfer completely change Change the trend. Uh, I'm trying the, the the fortunes of BYU's defense. We'll talk about all that tomorrow, and obviously a one-on-one conversation I have with Ben Bywater, one of those linebackers, on tomorrow's podcast as well. Time now to let you guys hear from Cody Epps. Had a great conversation with him, talking all things BYU football, what he's been doing this offseason to get himself ready for the upcoming year. Uh, he tries to explain exactly what he knows the the dirty P. If you listen to Monday's podcast with Keaton Slovis, you know that I. I I got the tip of what the Dirty P was referring to uh, from Cody Epps. He talks about that in this interview. So without further ado, here you go. Cody Epps with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. We're here at Media Day. What's the experience been like? We're getting towards the end of the first day. So. I know. It's been a great time uh, meeting different people, having you know different conversations. I'm, I'm blessed. I haven't got the same question twice at all today. So it's been a great time. Just, you know, just being with my teammates, being with my coach, being with Tom Homo. And then just the media team out here, it's fun, man, to be outside of Provo, outside of the Dirty P. We outside of the Dirty P out here working on the Big 12 Media Day. So it's been (laughs) The Dirty P. Shout out to Keaton. Keaton calls Provo the Dirty P. So Is there a reason behind it? I'm going to have to ask him about this. Dude, I do not know. But once I heard him say it, I was like, oh, yes, Dirty P. It fits. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Because it's like, it's kind of like, like Provo is the total opposite of the Dirty P. It's like the cleanest place on planet Earth, but... It's a dirty fee. I like that. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I think we can embrace that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, obviously, you guys are going into the Big 12 this mm-hmm. year. What's your excitement level about that? Just to be be able to play good football week in and week out yeah. against the teams with a lot of history is mm-hmm. something exciting to look forward to. And just to be a, be backed by a conference now, not like sure. Tom Homo scrambling and Coach Galani trying to scramble games for us. To be able to have a schedule that's most likely going to be allotted to us no matter what the circumstances are is pretty exciting. Now, you're a kid. You played at a very high level in high school. Mm-hmm. Modern day is one of the who's who. We're number one in the nation yeah, right now, baby. Yeah, exactly. Like, the who's who of high school <laughs> yeah. football. So, obviously, you're going to be playing against guys the caliber you played against in high school. And I know you yeah. did that at times during your time in independence as well. But how exciting is that, knowing you're playing top-level athletes weekly? Yes. I mean, it's exciting. It's just like yeah. what you said, man. I, I try to any, – anytime I'm going into something new, I try to recall on an experience that I had that was – somewhere near this and it's all relative because high school football is nowhere near college football but 
just the intensity of going in each and every week playing against top-level dudes is going to be so fun and, and something that I can remember doing in high school. Does it feel real now that you're here at Media Day that, like, hey, this is, this is happening? Yes. Okay. It's kind of – because, you know, for me, I've been saying this – I've said this a couple of times today that for me as a football player, mm -hmm. being in a conference and being outside of a conference is no, kind of no different to me because I'm just going out there and playing football no sure. matter who the team is. But the realization of being a part of a media day and the conference and all the teams stepping out, like, it's a pretty cool experience and it's pretty eye-opening, so. Uh, obviously, you got guys like Keanu Hill alongside you, Chase, that you guys, you've been playing with for quite a while, but yeah. you also add two guys in Darius Lassiter and uh, Keelan Marion to the mix. How have they fit in so far? Super well. Mm -hmm. They've gelled with the team pretty seamless. They've come in. All they do is work, dude. All those dudes do is work. They come in every single day ready to lift, ready to run ready to have fun with the boys in the locker room, ready to bring a different aspect and a different view on life. But yeah. it's always so fun to be around those dudes, and I'm so happy to have them on the team. What's it been like working with Keaton in particular? Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So I was talking to Zach Wilson the other day uh -huh. when he came by to throw with John Beck, and I was telling him, dude, I'm probably the most blessed receiver in all the history of football. I get Bryce Young, mm -hmm. Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and now I get Keaton Slovis. So I'm on a roll, dude. I, I can't complain. Okay, you're, so that's three for three in NFL quarterbacks. Is Keaton yes. going to be number four? Yes, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. I have the utmost faith in Keaton, however far he wants to take it in, mm -hmm. and, and in his ability. Mm -hmm. I, we try to stay away from hypotheticals on where things are going to end up and stuff, but I have the utmost faith in wherever he wants to take his career and whatever he wants to do with it, he's going to do it. Now, you guys looking forward about 50-ish days away from the season actually starting. What do you need to work on the most, you feel like, leading up to training camp? Um, personally? Yeah. I think personally just getting in and out of my breaks. Just, okay. just being a technician at the position mm -hmm. and just working on my hands so I can be reliable. One thing I want to do is I don't want to have any drop balls in this upcoming season. So being able to be someone reliable that Coach A-Rock can lean on, Coach Fessy can lean on, and Keenan can lean on, and my teammates. Just, just working on those little things so I can be efficient and effective throughout the game. Now, you guys, obviously, as wide receivers, you guys crave having the ball in your hands. Mm -hmm. like, are you guys capable of working in tandem with one another? Like, let's say like, if there's 100 catches to be had, are you okay with all five of you guys? I kind of list the five guys I already mentioned as you guys being the top five. Would you be okay having 20 catches while everybody else has 20 catches? Or are you guys that wants to be the alpha and have the majority? So the thing about it is I think that's why the group is so well put together by Coach Fessy okay. because you have a bunch of selfless dudes. Yeah. We all have one goal in mind, and that's to make sure that we're effective and we're efficient within our offense, whatever, whatever that is. I think I heard Darius say the other day, dude, I don't care. Okay, he has a brother that I think plays for Kansas. He, does. he said he wants to have a big game against Kansas. But other than that, dude, we're, we're not focused on the numbers or anything like that. I haven't heard that from any of the guys, and I don't, I don't spew that out in any other way. Yeah. Of course we want to, you know, we're, we play the position to score touchdowns and stuff, but our biggest thing is being effective and doing what we need to do and doing our 111 for our football team. There you go, Cody Epps, BYU wide receiver, and a big thank you to him for taking the time to talk with me one-on-one, -on -one, a dude that I love talking to. He is just a, a guy who has got just this engaging personality, and I, I will concur with somebody down at Big 12 Media Days who said after speaking with Cody Epps, that is a kid that has got the potential to be a broadcast TV superstar, if that's what he ultimately wants to pursue, because he's got the personality, he's got the, this, the, 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 the ability to deliver information concisely in an informative way. He's a very, 
very savvy young man. And the nice part is it doesn't hurt that he's a fantastic football player to boot. Who knows what the future holds for a guy like Cody Epps, but it seems like he is just starting to see his his star really take off. But that's not a bad thing. BYU's been a big beneficiary of having him in the mix, obviously, uh, as they get ready for this Big 12 era. And obviously his talent will be much needed out on the football field this fall. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we finish up today's show. We'll look back at another game in the 2020 season for BYU. One of the early tests uh, for BYU in a season otherwise that they really kind of ran roughshod through. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about a new deal for BYU, a new partnership, I should say, to help BYU student-athletes uh, with their mental health, performance, mental performance coaching, all that type of stuff. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. They've been working with us for a few months now. The best part about Perry Homes is they are your local home provider here along the Wasatch Front. No matter uh, what you're looking for, if you're looking for your first home or you're looking for your dream home or literally anything in between, Perry Homes has a house for you, my friends. For 50 years, Perry Homes is in Utah's premier home builder uh, with communities throughout the state. They've got communities, home designs, and price points all designed to help meet your needs. That's what I love about what Perry Homes is doing here. They all have, uh, they have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and uh, Utah counties, excuse me, along the Wasatch Front, if I get that out of my mouth. They also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well, if that's something you're looking for uh, moving down to the southern end of the state. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes and everything in between. Once again, like I said, it's all designed to help you guys out, and they're offering generous financing incentives right now through their preferred lender as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com. That's P-E-R-R-Y for those of you wondering. PerryHomesUtah.com. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making it a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday. Uh, whenever you hear and or watch this morning, noon, night, no matter when you consume it, thank you for checking it out. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show. is BYU Athletics announced a new partnership yesterday. Uh, they are going to be uh, working with Ampolis, a Utah-based company and provider of holistic human performance solutions. They've entered a multi-year partnership with BYU Athletics to deliver comprehensive mental health and mental performance services to student-athletes and coaches. This is not just BYU football. This is across the entire athletic department. The best part about this is it's got a, a unique flair. As I said, it's a Utah-based company. have got coaches, uh, doctors, and the like, uh, psychologists, all that stuff working here along the Wasatch Front to help out BYU student-athletes. And the best part is they've got a former Cougar football player really helping lead the way here, and that is Braden Brown, the former BYU tight end slash offensive tackle. I think he started, was it, 40-some-odd games of the 52 he played in his career. This was a guy who was an absolute uh, just Iron Man when it came to playing football for BYU. Speaking of Braden Brown, uh, from 2009 to 2012, uh, he is going to be leading things alongside Matt Moore. Uh, funny enough, Matt and I are uh, old friends. Let's just put it that way. He and I grew up together, went to high school together, have played many rounds of golf together, and uh, I'm going to try and get Matt on the podcast to kind of explain exactly what Ampolis is trying to do here. 
with BYU athletes, but it's good to see BYU working on this stuff. It's become a very, very critical thing in this. Uh, I, many of you might know the name Riley Jensen. He comes on my radio show on the KSL Sports Zone quite regularly, does something similar to this with his own consulting firm, Mental Performance Coaching, and Riley talks about how important it is to have athletes in the right mindset to really help them uh, break through what might be some mental barriers for them, and it's, it's absolutely critical stuff, and I, I, I appreciate BYU looking at this and being kind of forward-thinking on this and obviously having a former BYU football player like a guy like Braden Brown in the mix, as well as Matt Moore, a guy who grew up here along the Wasatch Front, for them to be working hand-in-hand hand with BYU athletics, I think is a home run uh, addition in terms of a partnership here for BYU. So wishing them nothing but the best and obviously uh, hoping it has a beneficial uh relationship and obviously benefits BYU athletes first and foremost, also the coaches, uh, when it comes to their performance on the field or whatever their uh, field of play. I don't know how to describe that accurately, but uh, looking forward to seeing the the positive contributions that they can make. All right, coming up, uh, no, not coming up, we're going to wrap it up uh, looking back at another game of BYU football history. We've been grinding through the 2020 season here, and uh, we talked yesterday about back-to-back wins at home against Troy and Louisiana Tech. Well, BYU wrapped up a three-game homestand uh, with a game against UTSA. Now, UTSA had kind of been an up-and-down program. They're not, they haven't been at the, the FBS level very long, but this game in particular was one that BYU, looking back on it, got one of their stiffest tests of the season, and I'm actually not surprised by it, but knowing what UTSA has gone on to do since that time. Now, UTSA came into this game as a pretty heavy underdog, and BYU uh, found themselves up 14-3 at halftime. But the thing about it was UTSA refused to go away. They scored 17 points in the second half, 14 of those in the fourth quarter, to make this a pretty tough uh, game for BYU. Lowell Narcisse, their quarterback, was 17-20 of 20 for 229 yards and two touchdowns. A uh, match essentially what Zach Wilson did actually outdid him in the completion percentage, with Wilson uh, going 22-30 of 30 for 292 yards and two touchdowns of his own. Really the big difference it felt like in this game for BYU was their ability to really control the ground game in this. UTSA only ran for 72 yards in this game, whereas BYU ran for 178, and that really helped BYU kind of salt away this game. Tyler Algier had a phenomenal performance. 19 carries, 116 yards, and one touchdown. Zach Wilson added another rushing touchdown in this game as BYU uh, just got got a win that I think was much more difficult they anticipated it being. Now, uh, what UTSA has become in the years since, I, I think in many ways you can look back to that 2020 season and kind of see the, the the kind of the building blocks of what UTSA has started to build with their coaching staff. I, I really like what UTSA is doing. That's the thing about this is I actually think that what they have done uh, with their program, because like I said, they have not been at the FBS level very long. Their coaching staff is uh, something that you look at and say, okay, this is an interesting situation. Now, Jeff Trailer is the coach, and he was the coach back in 2020, and he slowly but surely kind of built UTSA into what they are. And uh, to their credit, they look like one of those teams that could very quickly become a formidable force in college football. But BYU obviously got away with the win. They were ranked 15th in this game, and it pushed BYU's record to 4-0. And then BYU would go on the road uh, to Houston the following Friday for the first game that I think many of you, I think a couple of you have listened to this podcast regularly that I, I know quite well. Uh, you guys made the trip to Houston because it was actually one of the first games, if not the first game, that BYU was able to actually have fans in attendance. Houston, uh, the state of Texas, had some uh, more lenient uh, ability to get fans into the stands. And the ability to see BYU and Houston square off, well, we'll talk about what was ended up being a pretty crazy game because it started with a bang, BYU fell behind, and then rallied in a big way in a game against Houston. We'll talk about that one on tomorrow's edition of Locked.
Locked On Cougars. So that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. A big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Cannot thank you guys enough for the kind words. Uh, by the way, the pointed criticisms at times, I, helpful criticism, I appreciate any and all feedback you guys give. I, I truthfully do. And anything you guys got for us, feel free to reach out anytime. Drop us a note in the YouTube comments. Uh, drop us a note on social media. Email me, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Uh, we'll do a mailbag on Friday if you want to start getting your questions in for that. A couple of you have already submitted questions. Uh, I've actually got those in the hopper already, but nonetheless, a big thank you to all of you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, and thank you to all of you once again who are everydayers with us here on the podcast as well. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.